With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. show lots of stuff to talk about going on in the world of professional wrestling monday night raw on this evening the slammy awards to take place and we're going to get into that a little bit later on check us out on facebook facebook.com slash the ken reedy show you can see us on twitter our handle on twitter is at the ken reedy show and our website, thekenreedyshow.com. We got blogs up there, information, lots of stuff going on up there. So be sure to check out our website. Just so you guys know, we do this show each and every Monday night, 6.30 to 8 o'clock. Pay-per-view Sundays, we go 6 to 8, get you ready for the pay-per-view on Sunday nights. And we've, we've entered into a new realm, we've got a new show on going once a month, Pop Life. We're delving into all the things surrounding pop life check us out tomorrow night tomorrow night will be our pop life show at 11 p.m eastern time eastern time it's going to be our special holiday issue we want you guys to call in we're going to be talking about what's your favorite holiday special what's your favorite holiday movie what's the best holiday movie ever what's your favorite christmas song the classics the contemporaries so it's going to be our special holiday edition tomorrow night 11 p.m. right here at KenRishow.com. You can listen to it there. So be sure to check that out. Uh, as always, on the Ken Reedy Show, we talk in wrestling. Got my tag team partner on the line. Dave, how you doing this evening? I'm doing wonderful. I'm ready to talk some wrestling as usual. Got a jam-packed show. Ready to get it all out there. Lay it all on the line. Tag me a partner. Let's go. All right. We got a lot of things coming up in the, in the not-too-distant future. Just to let you guys know... Uh, it's it's kind of a good news, bad news for me, but uh, I, I won I won a cruise uh, in a karaoke contest. Uh, kind of, so I'm going on the cruise in January, and as luck would have it, I had booked another vacation, 
at the end of December into January. So my schedule has kind of been a, a bit kooky. So we're actually going to be taking uh, a hiatus through the month of January. We'll be coming back February 10th to get you really wholeheartedly pedal to the metal into WrestleMania season. So our final show of 2013 is going to be on December 23rd. I, that's the Monday, right? December 23rd. And that's going to be our final show. And that's where we're going to do our awards show. So we're going to pop up the ballot uh, soon on our Facebook. So you guys get your votes in. But these are the final nominations for the awards for 2013. And just so that you have some surprises, we're going to be adding some other awards in play that the Ken Reedy Show crack staff is going to uh, come up with nominations and decide the winners. So you'll have some surprises on that end-of-the-year show. So these won't be the only awards handed out, but these are the ones that you guys will get to vote on. Here's one that we, we actually came up with the nominations, and... Uh, you guys should have fun voting on this. Manager of the Year, Paul Heyman, Zeb Coulter, and what the hell. Mike Ferrara, nominated for Manager of the Year. Uh, independent Promotion of the Year, House of Hardcore, BWO, or CTWE are nominated. Independent Wrestler of the Year, the nominations are Preacher, Steve Off, and Ray Ray Mars. Female Wrestler of the Year. The nominations are Brie Bella, Gail Kim, and A.J. Lee. Pay-per-view of the year. Clean sweep of the WWE. The nominations are WrestleMania 29, SummerSlam, and Money in the Bank. Match of the year. The nominations are Cena versus CM Punk from Monday Night Raw in uh, February. Gail Kim versus Taryn Terrell, last knockout standing, bound for glory. We got an independent nomination, Necro Butcher versus New Jack. And we added a fourth nomination in this category because we found there are a lot of great matches. Triple H versus Brock Lesnar, WrestleMania 29. And the last award, maybe the most important award, Wrestler of the Year. And again, we got a lot of nominations People are sending emails as well as posting on the Facebook. We added a fourth one here. The nominations for Wrestler of the Year, Daniel Bryan, Bully Ray, Randy Orton, and CM Punk. So lots of awards to give out. Kind of a stacked field. You know, Dave, surprised at some of the nominations. Some of them not a surprise, but looking forward to doing this award show. Yeah, it's... um. You know, it's the first time in you know in the two-year history that we've had where the fans get to vote for everything, and you know, votes have been piling in, and a lot of people, you know, some like you said, so many good matches. So we decided to add another good match to the to the uh, to the to the nomination. So I'm looking for. I like the I like the in the in the match of the year category how we have yes we have two WWE matches, but we have a match from TNA and we have a match from. Uh, the independent scene, which is pretty cool. Um, so, I think that's I think that's very unique, and uh, a lot of different award shows really don't have that. Um, but for any Ring of Honor fans out there listening to our show, if you wanted to, you know, some of your Ring of Honor matches or even talent on the ballot, you got to get voting on the Ken Reedy Show or on Facebook.com/slash/TheKenReedyShow. So, uh, it's it's. The Mike Ferrara thing, that's going to be hilarious. I can't wait till he calls in tonight and see what he says now that he's been nominated for, uh, 
for manager of the year. That's <laughs> that's, that's going to be interesting. But overall, the, the the award show was fun last year, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna have a ball doing it again this year. Closing out 2013 with a bang. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun, and, and you know it's interesting. You guys know these are the nominations, but look, we we try to be really kind of fan centric here. You guys have been great over the years supporting us. So you know what, like. Dave, as you're saying, like, ROH guys are your fans, and, and, you know, they didn't get nominated, but we put the nominations out to you guys, and, and, you know, we didn't get the nominations. If all of a sudden you guys, you know, want to start a write-in campaign, you know, if if you have a guy that's not listed as, uh, you know, his match is not listed in, in match of the year, and you have a match in mind, and, and you get uh, enough votes sent our way that, you know, we're going to at least have to pay attention to write-in ballots, so... These are the nominations. We'd like you to stick to the nominations, but again, if we have write-in uh, votes, we'll definitely take the write-in votes in, into consideration. We got lots of things to talk about tonight. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. The best in pro wrestling talk, and uh, you know, right now, as as we talk about how excited we are and uh, doing our end of the year awards and how thankful we are, you guys supporting uh, us. Uh, and I'm not a real proponent. Of, of what we're going to do now, but it, it just seemed like the right thing to do, and Dave and I discussed it, and we're not into spoilers on this show. I know there are other shows out there, internet shows, whatever, that they want to get the scoop, they want to talk about things before it happens. Uh, we we kind of try and keep it current to the TV, react to, it, to what's on TV, and we, we really don't like to entertain uh, and give attention to spoilers because, you know, we're ultimately we're fans and we like just enjoying uh, these moments when they're they're supposed to happen in the context of storytelling and, and the TV programming. Um, every so often, though, there, there comes a time where you feel like you just kind of have to report on something. And as much as I'm not a proponent of uh, telling people to tune us out, um, I, I will respect if, if some of you guys out there don't like the spoilers as I'm talking about and would like to, for the next uh, 15 minutes or so, give or take, uh, we're going to be talking about kind of a spoiler. So uh, if you need to leave now, sorry. Uh, come on back around 7 o'clock for the news and we'll get into some other stuff. But uh, this is a really important story and probably the biggest story in professional wrestling. And even though it hasn't aired on TV yet, uh, it's been all over the internet, all over the web, and so we're going to discuss it right now. So if you need to go, you can go now. Hopefully you're still here. <laughs> let's let's get into this. But the biggest story I think that's that's happened in wrestling, uh, probably over the course of this week, is the the contract situation and what happened recently at the TV tapings with one AJ Styles uh, embroiled in uh, some. Tough contract negotiations, an interesting storyline, taking the TNA title elsewhere for a chunk of time. Uh, you know, uh, TNA looking to crown a, a new champion. Uh, you know, AJ arguably could be the most popular guy in TNA. And now, Dave, it looks like AJ Styles is on his way out. Yeah, um, from what I understand... Um TNA has, you know, they changed their business model a little bit as far as, you know, cutting back on uh, some things. They've moved back to, uh, you know, Orlando, Universal Studios. They're taping their, their television shows months in advance. And, 
You know, TNA, TNA signed AJ through a short-term deal from October to, um, I believe, you know, the middle of this month in December. And AJ and, and uh, TNA have been negotiating a new contract, and from what I'm reading that, and from what I'm hearing, they are far apart on money. Um, and uh, AJ, as far as I know, from what I'm hearing, is that he is no longer with the company as of next week, and there was a segment, a match filmed with, um, with AJ uh, and the TNA title situation. Of course, we know that on television that the title is in a tournament currently right now. They've already crowned a new champion. The tapings, I, I want to say last week, and you know, I won't spoil it for any of you guys out there that are listening, but basically AJ and this other individual had a um, – and a, uh, a championship match, somewhat of like an undisputed championship um, between the two. And uh, from what I understand, AJ is no longer with TNA. And, uh, you know, a, a friend of the show, uh, Dank, was at the Impact tapings uh, last week where he could probably shed some more light and some more information on the situation. But the only thing I could say is that AJ Styles has been taking independent bookings now through Bill Barron's. Um, he's available uh to take uh, personal appearances and bookings through Fan Slam signings. Um, if you go to Facebook and Instagram, you can find Fan Slam signings. They have all different talent available for bookings. And uh, like I said, it, it looks like the, their first homegrown talent from TNA, AJ Styles, is no longer with the company anymore. And we, we can talk and, and you know give our opinions about what this means for the company in a little bit. However, as you brought up, Dank, uh, our friend Dank, good friend of the show, was actually at the Impact taping. Uh, he saw what went down, and for a bird's-eye view of what exactly happened on that, we're going to bring Dank on the line now. Dank, are you there? Hi, good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Thanks a lot for spending a little bit of time with us. You were actually at the Impact taping uh, where AJ lost his, his belt and looks like he's gone from the company. Uh, tell us a little bit about... Uh, what you saw, what, what your, your thoughts, opinions, uh, just everything surrounding AJ Styles. Um, well, first off, I want to start by saying um, I have a lot of newfound respect for TNA. Also, I mean, I've been to various WWE events, and TNA just seemed, because people say it's low budget, they don't have the budget of WWE, that's fine. But as a wrestling fan, I don't think I've ever felt closer to the actual action and the wrestlers and storyline as I did at TNA. Um, it feels like um, WWE wrestlers know they're there, and although they're still fighting to, you know, get the top spot with TNA Impact, it just it all seems like so much more real, so to speak. So I had such a blast and when I found out it was the last taping for a while they were doing in Orlando I was kind of bummed I was already making plans to go back the following week but that was not to be um well actually when it comes to AJ Styles um at first we all thought it was a storyline like we've all seen before where it's you know the infamous I quit match if I lose it's all or nothing um uh, Dixie Bell came out halfway into the show with a contract saying that it was a one-night-only contract for AJ Styles to put up the belt against this other wrestler. 
And um, at first we thought it was a push for um, the pay-per-view Genesis, which is going to air in mid-January, but then come to find out that it was actually just for that night. And I don't know if um, the other wrestler already has the belt at this point, so he will stay anonymous. I don't want to give out too many spoilers. But um, basically at the end of the night, um, unfortunately AJ Styles is on the losing end, and people that were actually working for TNA that I'm friends with, or that I'm friends through a friend and I've become friends with, um, um, they came and we were all talking and they were like, yeah, everybody is in the back in the locker room and they're all in tears. And that's when it kind of hit us and we were like, wait a second, is this not a storyline? Is this not like one of those he's going to leave for a while and come back? And he's like, as of right now, he doesn't know. He no longer has a contract with TNA. He is, a, in fact, a free agent and he's no longer with the company. And I actually pulled up the roster for TNA. I have it in front of me right now. And I don't see AJ Styles on it at all. I see all the other wrestlers I saw the other night. But right now on the actual impactwrestling.com, AJ Styles is not on the roster. So it makes me believe that, yeah, it wasn't just a storyline, he actually is no longer with the company, which for somebody like me, that it was like my first showing, it was almost surreal that I was there for this like historic night. So I can only imagine people that have been watching TNA this entire time and following AJ Styles, how much it hurt. There were these two girls, they were standing next to us in the barricade, and when they overheard us talking that it wasn't a storyline, they just burst into tears, like, crying like you think somebody just told them their grandmother had passed away and it's i don't know like i'm still shocked by it because i've never been there when it was like the last night for somebody so but overall it was an incredible night and i'm looking forward to them coming back to orlando and taping again because i will surely be there as much as i possibly can i had a lot of fun and um as luck would have it, just my luck, I went specifically to see Jeff Hardy, and apparently Jeff Hardy, something happened with Jeff Hardy the night before, and he wasn't there. So, once again, I missed seeing the Hardy Boys. But that's just my luck when it comes to them. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's funny when you talk about TNA, and, and you know, I've kind of had that experience. And I, and I think it's, you know, when a lot of fans, at least when, when I talk about TNA, it's not like like I want TNA to be good, and I and I I think that like a lot of fans that say a bad mouth TNA to certain that are criticized. It's not so much that we hate TNA as much as we're kind of disappointed in them at times. And it's interesting. Anytime I've gone to a live show for TNA, they've delivered. I always like them. They put on a kick ass live show. I think they put on really good wrestling matches. Uh, you know, when, when you're talking about just the, the in-ring stuff, it's just sometimes with uh, creative and storylines, they seem to miss the boat. But that's cool that you had such a great experience and, and you want to go back. As you, you talked about some of the people that were near tears uh, with AJ, could you, could you get a sense of, like, the emotion of, of the building? Like, was the building in shock of this? How Did you get a, 
a feel of, of things as far as once they realized that AJ was kind of gone? Um, I don't know. If, I don't see. The thing is, I don't know if the rest of the building realized that AJ was actually gone. Um, I was lucky enough that the person I went with had um, knows people that are actually um, help run the show. So we managed to get in by the barricade, like literally, like, I don't know if you saw the pictures I posted on Facebook. We were literally right there where the steps are to get into the ring. And there weren't a lot of people that managed to get to the barricades. A lot of people were up in the bleachers. So I don't know if they actually realized, but the group of people that was surrounding us that overheard us, they went from, like, you know, cheering and talking about how great of a show it was and all of a sudden, it just became like this, like, somber mood. Like I said, like, you think that somebody had just passed away. Nobody was smiling anymore. Like I said, the girls, like, literally just burst out in tears. Um, the girl that was standing next to me was a big AJ fan. She, I think she bought every merchandise possible that this guy ever put out and was wearing it all in the same night. Um, but... Uh, she had the hat, she had a shirt, she had the gloves on, like, you name it, if it had Styles' name on it, she was wearing it. Um, and um, it was almost like, like, I wasn't there, but just watching it on TV, the kind of mood when Edge came out and said that he couldn't wrestle anymore. Like, people were actually paying attention. Like, he was just kind of like, everything else stopped. Nothing else really mattered at that point. And we were just, like, looking at each other, me having never really followed TNA, was still in awe and shock about it. My friend was a huge TNA impact. He had, like, this look of bewilderment on him, like, wait, you, you've got to be joking. Like, this is a joke. Like, you, you're messing with me right now. And the guy was like, no, like, everybody's in the locker room right now, and they're all crying, and it's like they're all hugging him and, you know, with telling him goodbye. Um and we, talk, we asked him, I'm like, is this really it for him? And he's like, as it stands right now, yes. Um, could that mean that maybe contract negotiations are not fully at an end? There's still a chance to come back to the table and him reappear sometime in 2014? Maybe. But from the way that he was describing it, it looks like it's a long shot. Thank um, you. know, you just mentioned how, you know, a friend of yours had told you the scene backstage and how, you know, everyone was reacting to finding out that this was AJ Styles' last evening um, with the company. And, you know, I, I made mention earlier before we put you on the air that they're far apart on money and he's already has, he already has some independent bookings through, through February. Um, this episode of impact the U S going to air on January 9th, I believe. Um, but the question I have to ask you is, is um, what was the mood like leaving with all the other fans? When you file out of the arena and you head out through the park at universal, what was the mood like amongst everybody else? Were, because you said that, you you know, in the arena, when AJ was speaking and saying that, you know, storyline or not, I'm done with this company, um, what was the mood like amongst everyone else as you were walking out? Did you happen to hear any chatter amongst any other fans as they were, as they were leaving, talking about, well, do they think this is a work? Do they think this is, you know, legit? You know, what we're, what's the future of TNA with, with 
pretty much the, the, the home the first homegrown talent that that company took was AJ Styles. He's been on their first show all the way until you know till recently. What was the mood like amongst all the fans? Were there any questions being asked? Were there any chatter amongst them? Did you happen to hear anything, overhear anything as you were exiting and leaving the uh, the, the park the um, other night? There were a couple people that were like talking amongst themselves, and they they seemed to be skeptical at the fact that. AJ Styles was in fact done with the company. Um, I think that as much like he gave an incredible speech, like like I said, I could compare it to the speech that Edge gave when he retired. Um, I think that by the same notion, because a lot of people that watch TNA are also WWE fans, and we've had many a um, situations where wrestlers said that they're done with the company, that they're leaving, that they're retiring, that they're going somewhere else, and then they end up coming back, that it makes some people skeptical almost, as in, okay, is he just done for a while, and then he's going to look around, and when he doesn't find anything else, he's going to come back to the company that made him. Like A lot of people seem to be like, okay, yeah, he may be done for now, but he's going to come back kind of attitude. Like, they didn't really buy the whole AJ style is done with TNA. Um, well, in a sense, do you, do, you, do you blame them? Because, you know, you had mentioned, you know, the, the, the night prior of Jeff Hardy not being there. And from what I've been reading, he filmed a, uh, they filmed a storyline where they had written him off of television and that he was no longer with the company either. So do you really blame some of these fans that they're very skeptical? I mean, TNA has been known to, to um, somewhat in the business, they say, uh, work a shoot into a storyline where something is legitimately taking place behind the scenes and then they bring it, to fruition as a part of a storyline to try and get the people to guess what's fiction and what's not. I mean, do do you blame some of these fans for 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 feeling this way? Because it's it is, in past history, this is something that TNA has done where they've made you believe one thing was legit and then it's totally not, and they turned it into a storyline. Um, I don't blame them at all. Um, in, in fact, had I not been standing or gone with the person that I had gone with and being part of the people in the bleachers that just watched the show, I personally would have been one of those people to where it's like, oh, okay, I've seen this one before on WWE or somewhere else where they're saying, I'm done, goodbye, thank you. You know, all the fans, as he was doing his speech, started to chant, thank you, AJ, Uh, you still got it, we'll miss you, AJ. Like the usual speech with, you know, thank you, insert name here. So I don't blame him one bit because – As fans, I mean, we really never want to see, especially a headliner, but we never want to see a a big-name wrestler or a big-name wrestler for that company go. So whether we believe it or not, we're always going to have, like, the skepticism of he'll be back or one more match. So I don't know if they knew how real it was or how much inside information they had, but I don't... Like I said, had I not been where I stood and talked to who I talked to, I would have been one of those fans that was like, oh, okay, you know, he's going to leave for a while and then he's going to come back. Um, So I feel like it's almost bittersweet knowing knowing the insides of it because 
I would have liked to leave with the thought of, you know what, he'll be back, I'll see him again. But now it's like, he, the match, I have to say, the match that he put up against his other wrestler um, ended up being a no-DQ match. So just about anybody that wrestled that night came out and took part to some degree in that match. It was phenomenal. Had it aired between now and December, I would put that match as match of the year. It um, it never slowed down. It was constant coming and going. Just when you thought that somebody was going to take a breather, nope, here comes somebody else. It was a phenomenal match. And I'm hoping that when they do come back to Orlando, if it's not with AJ Styles, they can find somebody that can, like, be put over or put over somebody to that kind of degree. I know that they were also trying to push Genesis, but I I was blown away. Like, there's been very few matches that I can say had the caliber of this match that I've seen on WWE. And as a first-time goer and really pretty much a first-time watcher of TAA, um, I'm hooked. Like, I'm I want to start watching it and see where they progress from here and where it goes. Because even Kurt Angle, I haven't seen Kurt Angle wrestle in God knows how long, and this guy looked like he hasn't missed a beat. He came out, still looks the same, still has the same, like, um, well, what's that? Um, not a Roma, the same, like, persona, like the same, like, you know, American hero that he had back in the Attitude Era. And... I would like I'm I became a fan and it sucks that I, I got to go see the night that AJ left and I'll always be you know I'll always remember as my first time seeing AJ leaving but what a night and I really hope that if he does leave he ends up on a really good company that can put him over and make him the star that he is destined to be. You know what, Dank, thanks a lot for giving us a little bit of insight of what the, the night was. Really appreciate it. Uh, talk to you real soon. Uh, I'm glad that TNA looks like they, they got another fan. And uh, you know, next time you go to an Impact taping, uh, we'd love to get some more insight on what things are, are like in the building. Oh, definitely will be. Thanks a lot, man. We'll talk to you All soon. Right. All right. Take it Bye. easy. Well, lots of stuff there, and again, probably the biggest story, uh, at least off TV right now. Uh, you know, it's, I don't know, man, and again, we, we want, you know, we want, we really do, we want TNA to succeed, and regardless of what your, your feelings are, uh, whether it was success, success or failure, the, you know, TNA lost Hogan recently uh arguably the most recognizable name ever in the sport um and now it looks like at least for the time being that they have lost their homegrown guy the guy the guy synonymous with tna who's the next guy to pick up that mantle who's it's it's not good for tna it, to me it's a pretty devastating loss losing uh, aj styles as dank said people crying in the crowd um it's going to be interesting to see uh, how TNA can come back from this. But, uh, you know, no exaggeration, Dave. This is quite a loss for TNA. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if it is indeed, uh, you know, legit and true that he is leaving 
for good. And like I said, the reports I'm hearing is that they are far apart on money, and they filmed this angle last week so that they can, you know, fulfill his obligations in his contract. And I think it also gives them time, too, to maybe go back to, like Dank said, maybe possibly go back to the contract negotiating table. And, you know, between now and G- January 9th is a month away. And there's still a lot of time, so they could – who knows? I mean, a lot of people are saying that they weren't – the reports I read, that, that they weren't sure if, if his speech is going to make it to air on television. So they still have some time between now and, and next month to, to figure something out. But from what I hear, it's, it's not good right now. And for, for a guy who you basically pushed as your poster boy for the first 12 you – know, for the first 11, 12 years of the, this company's existence, and you, got, and you can't come to a, a terms and agreement – um, I, I don't I don't find that to be good on TNA's part. I mean, he was the guy that everybody looked at as when you when you thought of his TNA. They pushed him that hard to be that guy, and now he's not there anymore. And it just goes to show what what, what a difference twelve years is. Because I remember I watched the very first show that TNA ever did. It was on pay-per-view. It was a two-hour Wednesday night pay-per-view. And they pushed the hell out of AJ Styles. They talked about how he was going to be the future of TNA, and he was, you know, going to set the world on fire. And they basically, they did that for a long time with him. Had he been some bumps and some peaks and valleys? Yeah, absolutely. Every wrestler does. You can't hit a home run all the time. But. At the same time, when you thought of AJ Styles, you thought of the face of TNA. Like WWE, they have the face of the WWE, John Cena. AJ Styles was the face of that company. And if you can't come through an agreement in terms of with a guy who had been with you when you didn't have a national television deal, when you were on pay-per-view on Wednesday nights and barely getting 10,000 buy rates, when you, were, when you lost a television deal with Fox, Net, Fox Sports Net and you're strictly wrestling for TNA's website, and those are the only ways you can watch your matches. He's still there with you, and then he's there with you when you finally get a national television deal. And he's a, I, I truly believe he's a part of the success that they've had, along with names like Hogan and Kurt Angle and Sting and some of the other names like Bobby Roode and James Storm. AJ Styles is just as much a part of that success as any of the other names I just mentioned. And if you can't come to terms and agreement with the guy that you made your homegrown talent, your face of the company, then shame on you. I'm sorry. Sorry, whatever the numbers were, you could have worked something out. Bottom line, you just got rid of $2 million in salary in Hulk Hogan. You couldn't give AJ Styles a, a bump in pay? Give me a break. Yeah, I mean, again, and we talked about it on the show, like you said, you know, not always a home run, a guy who needed, seriously needed some repackaging. It was spotty at times, hit or miss. Again, you know, not out of the ballpark, but I felt like the repackaging of AJ Styles gave him a – uh, some new life. It, it was interesting. It was at least intriguing. Um, I, I was into AJ again. Um, you know, as much as, you know, I think she's getting better. But look, Dixie Carter on, on the mic, not great. AJ was her number one nemesis. So at least he gave her a reason. Um, you know, where do you go with, with the Dixie character now? Uh, you know, I hope, you know, honestly, I'm hoping it's a storyline. And in so, some way they, they do wind up bringing AJ back. But I, I do think it really, on a lot of levels, it, it, it robs TNA of, of almost their identity and should be interesting to see once 2014 rolls around how this company moves forward without uh, their number one homegrown talent. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. You guys who like maybe left and came back, apologies if you don't like people who do spoilers, but we just felt like it was uh, 
it was a news item that had to be talked about, and, and we just wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't talk about it. But we're done with the spoilers. We won't mention it again. Uh, give us a call. What do you think? We are on a Slammy Award-winning Monday night. We're going to get into that. But right now, it is time for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Speaking of doing my job, yes, you heard him. This is the Day 5 News Report, only heard at the top of the hour every Monday night here on the Ken Reedy Show. In our first story, to follow up on a story that I've reported for the past several weeks, former Ring of Honor stars, the American Wolves, Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards, are currently not under a developmental deal with the WWE, but they are working under what is being described as an internship. This internship apparently runs through March of 2014. Word is that both guys are well-liked and act as model employees. The company is apparently letting the talent finish upcoming obligations on the indies during this trial period. After this trial period, it should be known that Triple H, who was not very keen on both individuals and was convinced by William Regal to take a look at these talents, will have the final say on if they become contracted WWE superstars. Speaking of WWE and Triple H, the WWE went through a corporate restructuring last week as Stephanie McMahon no longer is in charge of the creative team. The writing team now reports directly to the COO, Triple H. Stephanie has been promoted to lead WWE in strategic growth initiatives as the chief brand officer, as her title states. Her duties entail working with and enhancing brand reputation with advertisers, media, business partners, investors, etc. At the end of the day, despite the recent promotions and shift in job title, both Triple H and Stephanie will still report to the chairman of the board, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. In more spoiler alert news for TNA, the company taped their December 26th episode of Impact last Wednesday, where I mentioned earlier with our conversation with Dank, Jeff Hardy was written out of storylines. Hardy then announced he had wrestled his final match with TNA, thanked the fans, and left. The rumor going around is that Hardy was written off the television due to him not being able to take part in the company's UK tour in January due to his felony drug arrest back in the fall of 2009, where he is not allowed to leave the country during his probationary period. Hardy reportedly signed a new deal with TNA that takes him through February 2015, although that could be his option to year, and he could only be under contract till January 2014. Depends on how the deal was structured. When more info is available, the Ken Reedy Show will be sure to report it right here in the Day 5 News Report. The WWE has signed former U.K. soccer goalie-turned-male model Stuart Tomlinson to a developmental deal. Tomlinson retired from soccer last summer following a knee injury and has since appeared on the cover of Men's Health and Fitness magazine as a male model. During WWE's tour of Europe last month, the company offered Tomlinson a deal. And last week, I had mentioned about the possible launch of the WWE Network. This week, I can tell you that the tentative date is February 24th. And one of the major perks of this network is WWE offering every pay-per-view, with the exception of WrestleMania, for no additional cost than the monthly subscription fee. However, according to PWInsider.com, this could have a negative effect on the mid-card performers in WWE. It's being said that numerous mid-card talent, hashtag mid-card is not a dirty word anymore, 
are concerned that they will lose out on the monthly pay-per-view bonuses they receive when they are booked to appear on pay-per-view broadcasts. No details have obviously surfaced on these talents' pay scale and if it will affect, truly affect their overall income. Only speculation at this point. Wrestling on Fire fans, you want to catch all the action, you got to head over to WrestlingOnFire.com. Ray Ray Mars and Ken Reedy call all the action of one of the hottest up-and-coming promotions in the wrestling world today. Check it out, WrestlingOnFire.com. And every single week, I tell you guys about this, and I'm going to tell you to your blue in the face. Why? Because this is one show you cannot miss. Even though when Mike Ferrara calls later, he's probably going to give me shit about it, I'm still going to promote it anyways because I do the news and he's just a caller. Tune into The Gun Show, Season 9, YouTube slash Gun Show Web TV. And my favorite place to go especially during the holiday season. Check them out for all their holiday deals. Ken's Cards and Collectibles, 27 Mill Street, Berlin, Connecticut, the best in NBA, MLB, NFL, NHL, and professional wrestling memorabilia. He buys, sells, and trades anything. Just ask for Ken. And go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Ken's Cards and Collectibles, and like the page. And there you have it, my friends. That was the Day 5 News Report, only heard every Monday night at the top of the hour on the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, back to you. Good stuff. As this year winds down, lots of interesting stuff. Again, be sure to check us out December 20, 23rd. Uh, will be our end-of-the-year show. We'll do our awards ceremony, so be sure to be here for end-of-the-year awards. And we'll be adding some awards where we had the final nominations, and we're going to be putting that up on Facebook shortly. Um, but it, it's been a crazy year and, um, you know, as we get into the, the end of the year and, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those, I, I promised I wasn't going to do this, but tonight's a very special night. Uh, it turns out that we've, we've won, we've won a Slammy award and I just, I, I, I got to thank everyone who, who is, who is who was there in East Rutherford, New Jersey that night, uh, the, the, the loud people, uh, the, the Europeans, uh, but most of all, you know, it, it was Dave and I that really carried the crowd, and uh, just, to, just to finally be recognized um, for uh, great fandom, it just really means a lot, and uh, you know, I'm just I'm I'm kind of caught up in emotions here, just just knowing that uh, as, as this year comes to an end and all the the stuff we've been involved in to to really culminate the year uh, by winning a Slammy, it's just a, it's a tremendous honor, and I'd like to thank the WWE and everyone else involved. I mean, you, you like me, you really like me. It's it's just it's it's a special night, Dave. We, we win a Slammy award. Yes, yes, very special night, and you know I, I'm not going to get emotional. I'm just going to, you know, congratulate, you know, congratulate ourselves because, like Ken said, we we did carry that crowd that evening on Monday Night Raw in East Rutherford, New Jersey. But I would like to give a couple special thanks to a few people. First of all, I'd like to thank the Academy. I am honored and privileged that as being the one of the leaders of this audience on that particular evening in April that you had voted for me to win this award. Secondly, I would like to thank the WWE because it wouldn't be possible to, without you guys. I wouldn't have shown up um, if, if, if you guys didn't put on a show. Uh, 
Thirdly, I'd like to thank Lolita, the ticket lady, that scanned my ticket when I came into the building because she really set the tone for an evening of fun and just overall craziness. I'd like to thank whoever was the first person in that building to start chanting, doing the Fandango, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I want to thank you for that because you also helped make this award special for ourselves. Um, I'd like to thank the performers for having to put up and putting up with the fandangoing, even if fandango wasn't out there. It's truly respected and appreciated by myself. And most of all, I'd like to thank me. Because if I didn't go to WrestleMania weekend and, and the Ken Reedy show wasn't there in full force, then this all would have never happened. Thank you once again. And yo Adrian! I did it! <laughs> yeah, good. So in all seriousness, uh, some uh, as they do at the Oscars now, it's amazing where the Slammy said, but, but some, some awards have been presented earlier in the evening. And uh, on a Slammy Award, uh, Monday Night Raw this, this evening, uh, some of the awards that were given, as we just talked about, accepting on behalf of all of East Rutherford, but Best Crowd of the Year. The nominees were Raw in England, April 22nd, SummerSlam in Los Angeles, WWE Payback in Chicago, but the winner was the Raw after WrestleMania 29 in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Some of the other awards that were given out this evening already, um, What a Maneuver, the nominees were Running Knee Kick from Daniel Bryan, The Black Widow from A.J. Lee, Roman Reigns' Spear, and Cesaro's Swing. Um, and uh, Roman Reigns won that for his Spear. And Faction of the Year, no, no surprise here, but nominees were... Go figure, 3MB, The Real Americans, The Wyatt Family, and your winner, The Shield. So right there, those two awards, The Shield involved in two of those awards. It's been a pretty impressive year for The Shield, and at least right now they come away with two Slammy Awards, Dave. Yeah, um, to be honest with you, you know, as far as The Shield goes, um, you know, they have Superstar of the Year nominee, and I know you, you and I might disagree on this, but all three guys, you know, they've been a part of, ever since they burst onto the scene, they've been a part of important storylines and a focal point of the show. And to me, I would, I would vote them as a unit to be Superstar of the Year for WWE. It doesn't surprise me, Faction of the Year. I mean, every time they come out, people are wondering what's going to happen with them, what they're going to do. Their matches are always exciting and entertaining. They seem to they seem to really click well. Like, you know, the Shield clicked well with Brian and Kane when they were a tag team team. Hell no. Now they've done some really good stuff with the Usos and Cody Rhodes and Goldust. And, I mean, just overall, I'm not saying that everything that they have done has been, like, pure gold, and I'm not going to mark out like most of the Internet does for these guys. They do great things. Don't get me wrong. And I will fight every mark, on the, mark to the death that Roman Reigns will be a bigger star than Dean Ambrose someday. But, most of the stuff, they, if not all the stuff they've done, has been really good stuff. I can't find any stinkers that the Shield has done in as far as storylines, matches. They've just been consistently good for the course of the past year since they've started. And it's no surprise that they won Faction of the Year because they just got this. They, they were they to me they're a modern day version of the Freebirds. You had Michael Hayes who was the talker. That's Dean Ambrose. You had the big muscle Roman Reigns. That was Terry Gordy. And then you had the guy who just got beat up and bounced around. That was Buddy Jack Roberts. And that's Seth Rollins. So they they to me I won't say that they'll go down as one of the greatest factions of all time, but they're they're pretty close to getting up there depending on how much longer they're together. 
And and they have a shot to to really make some noise tonight. I mean, they are also nominated for Breakout Star of the Year, along with the Wide Family, Biggie Langston, and Fandango. Um, and they are nominated uh, Trending Now, Hashtag of the Year, uh, Believe in the Shield, Hashtag Follow the Buzzards, Hashtag Best for Business, and Hashtag We the People. So uh, definitely the Shield has a chance to make a lot of noise. And, you know, Quite honestly, I mean, my feeling on Superstar, and I get what you're saying, I just, I, I look at that more as, as individual, um, but definitely, uh, if you had to have, uh, if, you, if you had an award that was kind of a, you know, high impact player of the year, something like that, uh, you'd have to look at the Shield as maybe having the most significant impact uh, in the WWE over the course of the year. Some of the awards that have been given out already, uh, you know, we talked a lot about this uh, on last week's show, and as it stands to reason, You Still Got It is the name of the award. It's for the best superstar return. Chris Jericho, Bruno Sammartina, the Bella Twins, and Rob Van Dam nominated, but your winner was Goldust. Um, enough said. I think Goldust has had a tremendous year. And Goldust uh, coming home with two awards, Tag Team of the Year. Cody Rhodes and Goldust win that when they're going up against The Shield. Uh, Rollins and Reigns, primetime players, the Usos, and the Real Americans. So Goldust also coming up big. And and who would have thought coming into 2013 we would be talking that much about Goldust, but Goldust uh, going home with two Slammy Awards this evening. Yeah, it, it's proof in the pudding that, you know, anything's possible in WWE. And like I said last week, his stuff – you know, they it's so cliche when they say it all the time on TV, this is the best that he's ever looked. But really and truly, it is in Goldust's case. Um, he's done some great stuff. I mean, he, you know, he's also nominated for um, him and Cody against the Shield at Battleground for Master of the Year, which I thought stole the show at that pay-per-view. And if they may, if that match main event at that pay-per-view, not as many fans in WWE would be too upset about it because that was the most intriguing storyline going into that pay-per-view uh, because of the emotion and the, and the realism involved in the firing of the Rhodes brothers and the Rhodes family itself. So Goldust all around is really – got to ask – who the hell puts the belt in the you still got it category? Who said they ever had it in the first place? Isn't it quite interesting? One of them's banging John Cena and the other one's banging Daniel Bryan, and now they're in a category for you still got it? Well, well they're, the they're getting late, it now. They're, they're getting it. Well, yeah, they're getting it, all right. Yeah, they're getting it from all <laughs> angles, apparently. <laughs> but I don't get that. I, yeah, I don't get it now. They got it, but I don't get it. I, I, it when did they ever lose it? When, I mean, they, they came back. They were, they weren't, it's not like they weren't that gone for long. And even before they were gone, it's not like they did anything in particular. The biggest claim to fame the Bella Twins had before they left, before they came back last year, was that they used to hang out with every guest host of Monday Night Raw for over a year. <laughs> what else have they done? I don't know, man. I, you know, it's like filling a spot. I don't know. Interesting enough, as you bring up the storyline with the uh, Rhodes family, I love the name of the awards, but this award is called the quote, say what? It's the quote of the year. And the quotes nominated were Paul, say something stupid from Brock Lesnar, rise above this from Damian Sandow, uh, the volcano eruption <laughs> from uh, Paul Heyman, but the winner of the say what Quote of the year went to one stipulation. I'm in my boy's corner, and I'll be your Huckleberry all night long. Going to Dusty Rhodes, one of the 
best talkers in the business. Some would argue maybe the best ever, uh, but he wins quote of the year. So it definitely was a very good, intriguing storyline. And the the Rhodes did uh, did some damage this year in the Slammy Awards. Best dance moves: Fandango, Our Truth, uh, Summer Ray. Well, Summer Ray and Fandango nominated separately. The Great Kali uh, oh. nominated as well as the Mizco Inferno. Somebody oh. shoot. But the Funkadactyls were the winners for the best dance move. Uh, favorite web show, WWE Inbox, 32nd Fury, WWE Top 10, but your winners were the JBL and Cole show. Uh, catchphrase of the year. Is there any, like, do we, do we bother talking about the other nominations? Because clearly the winner was yes, 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 that was the winner. I guess the other nominations was That's What I Do, Fandango. Follow the buzzards, we the people, and believe in the shield. So those are your winners um, so far tonight. Uh, we talked a little bit about some of the other awards that are going to be presented this evening. But uh, some of the big ones, you know, Superstar of the Year, Diva of the Year, uh, Superstar, Cena, Randy Orton, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Big Show, and Brock Lesnar. Interesting field right there when you're looking at Superstar of the Year, Dave. I, You know... I guess Big Show has had a, a, a big impact uh, over the course of the last half of the year. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I put him in the nomination. I also don't think Brock Lesnar was around enough to, to be Superstar of the Year. I found it interesting on our poll. And I know there are a lot of guys that had pretty big years this year, but John Cena continues to be a pretty much arguably the biggest name in the biggest wrestling company on the planet. Does not get nominated in our year-end awards, but is nominated, of course, by the WWE. Orton, Punk, and Bryan, definitely guys uh, deserving of the award. Interesting field. I'm curious how this is going to play out. Presented by one HBK, Shawn Michaels, tonight. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I do agree with you. Big Show, I, I, I mean, Big Show did some some solid stuff when he returned back in the summertime. I mean, I said it on last week's show. If he didn't cry so much on TV, then it would have made that it, that angle he did with Dusty Rhodes where he cried because he didn't want to punch Dusty much more impactful. Other than that, I, I mean, some of the stuff was good, but it just – it. I don't know. I think the payoff was a, took a little too long for him. And then again, there really isn't really wasn't much of a. Pay. I mean, there was a payoff, and then he knocked out Triple H. But you want to see the guys have a match, and I don't think they're going to be having a match between the two of them anytime soon. Um, Brian, Daniel Bryan should easily walk away with this, and I only say that is because. He's been consistently hot for the better part of I mean, every time he comes out, the place goes nuts. Even when he was with Kane, I mean, they had that great run with him and Kane as a tag team. I was not a fan of it from the beginning, but they really made a go of it and made it work between the two of them. It brought new life to Kane's character, and it, it, it expanded Daniel Bryan's uh, skills whatsoever as far as the character goes. So, he had a great run as tag team champions, and he had all them great matches with the Shield, with Orton, the the, the authority storyline, the match the, the the match he had with Cena, um, the, even some of the stuff he's been doing with the Wyatts lately has been pretty good. So I, I mean, to me, far and away, it should go to Daniel Bryan. And the rumor is that if the WWE Universe votes properly on the app, and Daniel Bryan is awarded this award, that there's speculation that there's going to be something 
involving him and Shawn Michaels when he goes to accept this award. And if you remember correctly, a few months back, Shawn Michaels and Daniel Bryan had an altercation after Michaels was the referee in the Hell in a Cell championship match between the two, um, where Bryan had put Shawn Michaels in the yes lock, and that was the last time we saw Shawn Michaels on TV. And, of course, there's always speculation if Shawn Michaels is going to return at WrestleMania 30 next year to face Daniel Bryan in a student versus teacher match. Who knows? But I think usually the Slammies are always an indication or at least hint at what we could possibly see going into 2014 and especially for WrestleMania. I mean, four, was it, four years ago, Shawn Michaels won Match of the Year award with Undertaker for WrestleMania 25. And when he came out to accept the award, he challenged him to a rematch the next night. I mean, we always see something take place at the Slammies that could, you know, foreshadow what we could see going into 2014 and WrestleMania season. So maybe that's an indicator that we'll see Michaels involved in WrestleMania somehow. Not necessarily a match. I, don't, I mean, I'd love to see him come back and wrestle one more time, but I think also it just tarnishes the, the, the retirement stipulation that he has, that he had with Undertaker, and that he personally has in real life. But maybe we'll see him involved in Brian's match somehow. Maybe he'll referee again. He'll lose his smile. You know how he always does. He always loses his smile. He's got one eye going one way, the other eye going the other way, and he, he looks so confused. But he'll be involved somehow in WrestleMania, and I think we'll see something with him and Brian tonight as far as that goes. But hands down, Daniel Bryan should win that award. Yeah, and it's interesting. You know, it, it, it's it's an award that he really should uh, just win it walking away. And similarly, with Diva of the Year, presented by Eve, so Eve will be here this evening, uh, when you have the Bella Twins, the Funkadactyls, Natalia, Caitlin, Eva, Eva Marie, uh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, if Eva Marie wins this award, if Eva Marie wins the award, we riot. Anyway, but A.J. Lee nominated in this category. I, I Similarly to, to Daniel Bryan, I, I don't know how you can really make a case for anybody else in that field. A.J. Lee... So far and away, the, the diva of the year. Um, you know, I like Natalia a lot. I wish they were doing more with Caitlyn. Uh, the Bella Twins, I, I, Funkadactyls, maybe there's some potential there, but not enough. And Eve Marie, yeah, man, I mean, she's hot and all, but, geez, she's, she's awful. I mean, she's just absolutely, the fact that she's nominated is an absolute travesty. So this is another one that, to me, A.J. Lee really separates herself from the field there. It's a love fest because I'm going to have to agree with you on all points. The fact that Eva Marie is terrible and that A.J. Lee should run away with this award, no problem. I mean, A.J. Lee has been uh, a, a better part of, I wouldn't say a, a huge focal point of storylines, but for the better part of almost two years. I mean, you know, she started out being, you know, Daniel Bryan's girlfriend. She was involved in that angle where Big Show accidentally shoulder-blocked her on the floor, and she was knocked out. And then she was involved in the kiss that led to Daniel Bryan losing in 18 seconds. She hopped around with Kane and Punk and then back to Bryan. Then she became the GM of Raw. Then she was John Cena's girlfriend, Dolph Ziggler's girlfriend. She was, you know, she, I mean, she, she's better... I hate to say it, but she's been around. She's been around the block. So, but she's done a lot of good stuff too. Her her, her pipe bomb that she dropped on the total divas cast, and even the ring work that she does. I mean, 
there was a he mentioned earlier the the what a move award that they did or something like that, and the the Black Widow was nominated. You don't see too many of them girls doing anything extravagant when it comes to wrestling moves. It's a lot of clotheslines, a couple of hip tosses, maybe a monkey flip and a body slam, but they're very generic. With the exception of Natalia, you know, AJ Lee, you know, has got a pretty cool looking submission move and something that identifies with her that fits her character, and I and and I think that. She's definitely stood out amongst a lot of the girls um, over the course of the past year. And, and to me, 2012 has been a resurgence as far as women's wrestling goes because they've put a lot more focus on the girls. This Total Divas show has done them wonders for them to get more people interested in the girls. Some people aren't even taking math and breaks during the girls' matches, especially if AJ's wrestling. I mean, she's had some good pay-per-view matches with some people, with Caitlyn, with Natalia, she, with, with one of the fellas. So... To me, run away. AJ gets Diva of the Year. Yeah, now some interesting things. You know, other other awards. On it. We're not going to go into all the awards because uh, there's a lot of them. But um, we're going to talk about these last two awards. And this is an interesting one. Double Cross of the Year. And the nominees are Triple H costing Daniel Bryan the WWE Championship at SummerSlam, which is definitely a, a big one, as well as Shawn Michaels super kicking Daniel Bryan at Hell in a Cell. Paul Heyman costing CM Punk the Money in the Bank contract, that Money in the Bank. But here's what, you know, and it's funny, it, you know, when you're doing this and, and you watch wrestling every week, a few times a week, you do the show, you know, you're constantly like storylines are changing, characters are changing, guys are going out with injuries, coming back. You know, there's, just, there's, there's no off season. So things are just constantly in a state of flux. And I gotta admit, I kind of forgot about this next nomination, but might be not only Mike. If we're going with the WWE uh, categories, uh, my my favorite double cross of the year, but possibly my favorite promo of the year, and that's Mark Henry's retirement speech. Now, this year has been Daniel Bryan heavy, and granted, he's been amazing. Two of the nominations in double cross of the year involved Daniel Bryan. Both of them were very important. Uh, moments this year but mark henry's retirement speech was borderline brilliant and and i you know i i honestly i think i'd be surprised if that wins i think it's going to be one i wouldn't be surprised if it's triple h costing uh daniel bryan the wwe championship at SummerSlam. but mark henry's retirement speech was unbelievable i remember being floored by it i remember he actually fooled me for at least part of it which you know that doesn't happen when you've watched wrestling for 20 some odd years you, you just start to you know recognize when when you're being worked and uh, uh it was just a, a great promo a great moment had a lot of audience members fooled and uh i think that would be my choice but i i wouldn't predict it to win uh, your thoughts on double cross of the year well i would agree with you i mean that that promo that mark henry did i don't care what anybody says that's listening it got you at least for a moment thinking that this was legit regardless of whether John Cena was standing out there and you all said later oh it was a part of an angle because John Cena was standing there and blah blah it got you for at least a moment thinking he's really going to retire the crying the tears you know everything the audience participation that was involved in it they even thought it so hook line and sinker Mark Henry got you um 
So, and that's the one thing that's different about the other three double crosses is that you saw the seeds of dissension with Paul Heyman and CM Punk, and you knew at some point there was going to be a turn, and that took place. And, it, yes, it happened in a, in a cool, fun way, but you saw that it was going to take place. It wasn't, ter- it wasn't a terrible turn. You saw that at some point Shawn Michaels was going to turn on Daniel Bryan. It had been speculated, been talked about. So... You had a feeling that was going to happen. And after watching Daniel Bryan defeat John Cena with Triple H still in the ring and trying to milk everything that it is worth for him being in there with Daniel Bryan, you had a feeling at some point he was going to turn on Daniel Bryan and set up the authority storyline with him and Randy Orton. And it was... All three of those things were still pivotal, important, and good moments, but you didn't see the Mark Henry thing coming. That's the difference. And I'm, I mean, I'm gonna have the app on and all that. This is probably the most I'm gonna use that stupid WWE app all year long is to place my votes for the Slammies tonight. And I'm definitely gonna vote Mark Henry feigning the retirement speech and turning on John Cena. Yeah, it was, you know, again, and it, it's funny because it's just I, I kind of forgot about that because it happened a while ago, but. uh Definitely, like, looking back on that, that was one of, not only, like, double-cross promo, I mean, it was one of my favorite moments of the year, so uh, kudos to Mark Henry, um, but I, I would bet one of the Daniel Bryan double-crosses will win, and uh, other slammy that's going to be awarded tonight, match of the year, kind of cool that uh, match of the year is going to be presented by Bret Hart, and who better to present match of the year than a guy like Bret uh, Taker versus Punk at WrestleMania 29, Rock versus Cena at WrestleMania, Cody Rhodes and Goldust with Dusty Rhodes versus Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, uh, Rhodes brothers with their jobs on the line at Battleground, and Triple H versus Brock Lesnar in a steel cage match at Extreme Rules. Uh, I, I thought they were all solid matches, all entertaining matches. Uh, you know, they're they're all nominees that. If, if any of them won, uh, I wouldn't be outraged. Uh, but I, I think because of almost like what you were saying, Dave, with the Mark Henry speech and how he it got you for a minute. Sometimes it's like it's expectation versus surprise. And, you know, I, I expected a, a good match out of, out of uh, Taker and Punk. I expected uh, big things out of Rock and Cena. Um the Triple H Brock Lesnar thing was going on for a while. I expected a hard-hitting battle. Not that I didn't expect it to be a good match, but the the Cody Rhodes uh, and Goldust versus Rollins and Reigns was a match that really exceeded my expectations. I mean, it really was such a good match. It, it was it was emotional. Uh, it told a story. Uh, the crowd was into it. It was just. It was one of those those moments that you just remember over the course of the year. And, and out of those four, that would probably be my vote. Uh, again, not mad if any of these other ones win, but uh, I think I'd go with that tag match uh, as far as out of those nominees for my match of the year. And the love fest continues because I would have to agree with you, Fred. I mean, I remember the, I just moved in with my girlfriend recently, and the first pay-per-view we ordered together was Battleground, and she was most looking forward to that match. And we had a few people over, and you always talk about how you get the living room pop. Well, we got the living room pop, too, when Cody Rhodes had beaten the Shield, you know, pinned Seth Rollins to win the match and defeat the Shield and get the Rhodes job you know, the Rhodes Brothers jobs back. The emotion, the realism, like I mentioned earlier, in this storyline, the performances guys it was a fun match it was a great match to watch it had importance to it and there was no 
match itself. And like I said to you earlier, that that should have been the main event of the pay-per-view because that was the real meat and potatoes of what was going in the battleground, not the title matches that were, you know, had the headline title matches that were advertised. As far as Punk and Taker goes, that was a fun match. That was a great match. It certainly sucked that Punk had to go after Triple H and Shawn Michaels did in the four years prior, but it was still a good match in Punk's way. And the, the, the only way Punk can have a great match with Undertaker in his own way. I still think, and I'll say it before anybody else wants, you know, anybody else wants to argue with me, you can argue with me on Facebook about it, but Rock and Cena from that WrestleMania was better than the year prior and was definitely better than Punk and Undertaker. I will go on record as saying it. There, were, there, were, there was more excitement, there was more drama, and there was more importance to that match, and Rock and Cena turned it up. And Rock tore his abductor muscles or something like that in that match. He still wrestled 15 more minutes after that. It was a great match. Triple H and Brock Lesnar, fun match. That was probably the best match out of their trilogy of three matches, and they had a match a month prior at WrestleMania. So, overall, all four matches deserve to be, you know, in the match of the year category. There's definitely a few more matches that they left out, but there's only so many matches you could choose, I guess. But like I said, Ken, Love Fest continues because I'm going to have to agree with you. Yeah, you know, and it's cool. And I think it's part of the problem with wrestling. And it's even like when you're doing a show like this. I mean, you, you take the pulse, you know, each and every week. And, and, you know, there's ebbs and flows. There's ups and downs. But uh, it is kind of cool that, that, you know, I mean, maybe right now some storylines are in a state of flux. Maybe it's not grabbing you by the cojones right now. But when you start looking at these nominations uh, for the Slammies tonight, you look at the nominations because obviously we can go across companies. So the nominations for uh, the Ken Reedy Show Awards. And, uh, you know, it, it's been a, a pretty solid year for, for wrestling. Again, not not home runs out of the ballpark at, at, at every get-go, but there have been a number of, of great matches across the board, uh, some really cool moments, some good events. Uh, you know, we actually had to go to the uh, the crack committee at the Ken Reedy Show to try and d- define and, and narrow down our uh, – Match of the Year nominations, and we actually had a very difficult time uh, narrowing it down. So there was a number of very good matches uh, over the course of the year across the wrestling landscape. So, and there were some matches that I would have put in, but it's like, like you're saying, you've got to narrow it down. You you can't have all these matches win. So, um, it, you know, when you look at some of the new faces involved this year, uh, it's been a real solid year. I'm really looking forward to doing our end of the year uh, awards show. I do find it interesting that the WWE is doing uh, the Slammy Awards as uh, you know on the Go Home show, show as far as TLC. So I'm curious if they'll there'll be any more further uh, storyline development going into TLC. But uh, looking forward to a good Monday Night Raw. Curious to see who's going to win these awards. And I think you know it's been a it, it's been a decent year. It's been an interesting year, and I think at least in the WWE. You're getting a sense of, you know, people may look back on 2013 as the year that a lot of seeds were planted as far as the future of the WWE. I would love to have a time machine and be able to go into, you know, five, six, seven years into the future and look back on the year where the Shield made their name, where the Wyatts made their name, uh, where Daniel Bryan really blew up, even though he didn't debut, he really blew up this year and uh, look and see the landscape of the uh, the wrestling world uh, in five years. But it's been a very interesting year, 2013. 
Yeah, I mean, going into 2013, you know, you're always excited for WrestleMania and what's going to happen. And I, I mean, it was, I mean, the build towards WrestleMania from January to April was, it was okay, but it didn't have that WrestleMania feel to it. Maybe it's because, you know, I, I live in Connecticut and Jersey's not that far from me and it was local and I wasn't really traveling all that far to go to a WrestleMania, but it didn't really have that big feel for, for me at least. Um, but the second half going forward and all the young talent that they've been utilizing and using and guys, you know, I mean, to me, I'll go on record as saying is that, you know, I'm going to vote for <clears throat> the Money in the Bank pay-per-view to be pay-per-view of the year because if you look at that pay-per-view and all the talent and the young talent, the, the, the future of the WWE that, that was on that card, I mean, you look at guys like, yeah, he's not being pushed right now, but Dolph Ziggler, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk. The Shield, Fandango, Cody Rhodes, Damian Sandow, Sheamus. I mean, the list goes on and on of guys that were, you know, that that were on that card that are going to lead this company into the future of the industry in in, in in wrestling in general. And I just I the second half of 2013 for me at least. And yeah, creative has been spotty in WWE as of late, but they've. People complain, well, you're not using this guy, you're not using that guy. They're using a lot of young talent on TV. It's just that not everyone can be at the top. And, and, and they're using them properly, at least, I think. I mean, the Shield, usually when you take a faction or you get a couple of young guys together, you usually burst them on the scene in the beginning, they make a splash, and then you kind of, you know, scale them back a little bit. They haven't done that with the Shield. And they're not doing that with the Wyatts either. So we're seeing 2013 was really the year in wrestling, or at least in WWE, where you could see, like you said, Seeds Planet, of guys that are going to be around that company and are going to lead them and be big players in the future. Yeah, it should be interesting to see how the future shapes out. You know what? And we did get a little bit of news of what the future holds. Lots of news breaking outside of TV, but there was some interesting news that came about uh, very recently. The big news coming out that as we're looking forward to, and we keep thinking we're getting ahead of ourselves talking about WrestleMania 30. WrestleMania 31 is going to be at the brand new home of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, myself, I am a 49er fan, so I am very excited. Uh, I really want to get out to that WrestleMania, but uh, you know, Vince McMahon, he's doing it again. He's getting to that stadium before the NFL gets to have their Super Bowl there. Uh, really looking forward to this interesting bit of news that, that came out uh, this weekend, Dave. I'm on my way to San Francisco. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been out to California once in my entire life. I was three years old. I went out to San Diego. I don't remember it much other than I sat on the Knight Rider car at Universal Studios Hollywood, and I burned my little butt cheeks. Other than that, I don't remember a whole lot of it, but I'm looking forward to it. I I always say to myself, well, maybe I won't do this year's WrestleMania, but I, I, when, when's the next time I'm going to go out to California? 
and you know the new home of the 49ers out in Santa Clara, the San Francisco area. It should be fun. It should be really fun. And uh, you know, a different a, a different city because you know a lot of times you repeat cities, you know, every four, five, six years. But this is this is the first time WWE has brought WrestleMania out to the Northern California area. They've done Los Angeles about three or four times, maybe. Is it was it WrestleMania two, WrestleMania seven, WrestleMania. 21, they did Anaheim twice, that's technically in the Los Angeles area, so it's like four or five times. It's the first time they've been to the northern part of California, so it should be interesting, should be fun, and of course, speculation is that they're going to head out to Dallas in 32, WrestleMania 32, which of course would lead to speculation, will that be Undertaker's last WrestleMania match, or will that be Steve Austin's return match, seeing as that both guys are from Texas, but they're trying to create that Super Bowl buzz that the NFL has when they announce cities in advance. I mean, back in May, the NFL announced that the San Francisco, the, the new Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, the home of the, the new home of the San Francisco 49ers, which will open up next year, is going to host the 50th Super Bowl. And then the following year, Houston is going to host it, which actually hosted WrestleMania 25. So they're trying to get that buzz amongst you know the the cities and the fans of you know future WrestleManias. I wouldn't be surprised if they announced 32 within the next couple of months. It's crazy. I mean, it, it's, you know, and it's funny to say, because I, like, I was thinking maybe, you know, it's WrestleMania 30. It's a, it's a big one. So maybe I'd take 31 off. And being a... I've never been to San Francisco. Uh, I, I, and I've been a lifelong San Francisco fan. I'm not going to get into the story, but, like, I've been a lifelong San Francisco 49er fan. Um just the idea of being able to go to their new stadium. I mean, it's one of those things, like, I, to get tickets and to fly out for a, a 49er game, I probably would have never done it. I mean, I, I, I've never done it. Um, I've seen the 49ers once live uh, when they played the Jets uh, here. Uh, so I've never been. I've never been to Candlestick. And uh, it, just to be able to go out and see the 49ers' new stadium, uh, it, it's kind of exciting. So as much as I was thinking about taking a year off, uh probably be going out there and seeing the sights in San Francisco, taking in some uh, 49ers stuff and maybe heading out to Alcatraz. But uh, really excited, and it's amazing. Again, you know, we talked about, you know, the seeds being planted and what uh, they might have in store and and, uh, dirt sheets and everyone speculating on uh, WrestleMania 30. And it's like, are are we talking too far in advance? And all of a sudden on this show now we're talking about WrestleMania 31 and 32. So, uh, Interesting stuff uh, going. Big news coming out of the WWE. And it is, you know, it, it, it is. They're starting to. I mean, uh, you're saying that Vince is trying to get that feel as, you know, making that announcement kind of what the NFL has. I, I think they're pretty damn close. I mean, they're having these. I mean, the press conference was big when they announced New Orleans. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're having these big uh, press conferences. They are becoming that, that, you know, when WrestleMania comes to town, it's, it's a boost in the, in the local economy. Um, it's not just WrestleMania. The wrestling world uh, descends on, on the city. So the, the indie scene, uh, legends, conventions, everything just uh, converges on the city, and it's just becoming a, a, a big get for cities to uh, host a WrestleMania. And it, it's been pretty remarkable to see how WrestleMania just continues to, to grow and grow and grow and, and uh you know, we get into a point where uh, 
Uncle Vince is going to take his shot at, at beating the, the record at WrestleMania three. Yeah, the 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 AT and T Stadium, Cowboy Stadium, whatever you want to call it. Apparently, for football games, they seat about eighty five, eighty eight thousand people. I remember the first game they ever hosted, which was against the Giants. They had like a hundred and two or a hundred and three thousand people for a preseason game. That included the skyboxes, the restaurants that they had in there, because you could buy tickets to sit in the restaurants that they have in these stadiums, um, the, the the bars and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if they still get. I mean, from what I understand, they get about eighty five, eighty eight thousand people on average. So I don't think that they're selling the building out for that. Um, but they would have to do some pretty big stuff. I mean, if, if you're going to host 32 in, in that stadium and you want to try and beat the record for WrestleMania three, either you announce far ahead that Steve Austin is returning for a return match, if he wants to, because, of course, it's got to be up to him as well, or you announce that Undertaker's last match, and they're both guys from Texas. I mean, Steve Austin started in Dallas, Texas. Undertaker is from the you know Houston area, but still, he's a Texas boy. So... You get that local flavor of Texas around, you know, for ticket sales. I'm pretty sure they can get close, if not just barely break the record that WrestleMania three had. If you get 94,000, Vince will get a boner. But, <laughs> you know, it's true. It's true. He would. If he's going to be alive, I mean, he'll be alive around that. I mean, Vince is so old. I mean, he's he's going to help him off. Yeah, he's gonna. Yeah, he's pickled himself. He's gonna outlive all. He's gonna outlive all of us. That's how crazy he is. But I'm sure that if you do something, you got to do something catastrophic, a, a huge announcement months in advance. Like when tickets go on sale, you have you go on TV. You know, like a week or two before they go on sale, and you say, "Boom, this is what's gonna happen." You could months in advance, and then you could build for months on like speculation of who Undertaker's last match is going to be against, or who Steve Austin's return match is going to be against. Something that big, especially with two guys like that locally in Texas, that's got, that's got a big shot at, at selling out that stadium or breaking the, the WrestleMania 3 record. Should be interesting to see what happens as we travel way, way, way into the future. But bringing it back to current day, um, and as we get into the year-end awards, um, the Slammy Awards tonight on Monday Night Raw, and that's the, that's the big thing going on tonight. But, you know, it's kind of lost in the shuffle here is the fact that we do have a pay-per-view this Sunday, a pretty big pay-per-view as, uh, amongst other things, uh, perhaps, again, we don't know what's going to happen, but they're promising that we're going to have a, a unified champion, uh, world heavyweight champion John Cena versus WWE champion Randy Orton in a tables, ladders, and chairs match for, for the unification of, of the championship uh, Interesting, like, what do you have any thoughts, Dave, as far as, you know, going into Monday Night Raw, uh, last Raw before the pay-per-view? Now, granted, they still can do something on SmackDown on Friday night, uh, but do we see any further development in this storyline going into Sunday's pay-per-view? I mean, we we could. Um, I mean, it's the Slammy Awards, too, tonight, so it's going to be difficult, um, but I'm sure that they will. Um, I'm sure that at some point during the broadcast, you know, they're going to try and bring up the rich history of both championships, and they'll do some video packages in between commercial breaks, going in and out of commercial breaks, and maybe we'll see a matchup that involves, you know, the two of them, or, or um, the, one of them will win a Slammy, 
setting up a match that, you know, like a, like sometimes they do those matches where it's like a pick your poison match and like, you know, the, the Orton will have to wrestle somebody, but Cena gets to pick him and then vice versa. They could do something like that. Um, I don't see anything groundbreaking taking place between the two of them. I will say this. Um, if we're going to get into predictions, I might as well do this early and get this one out of the way. But I think Randy Orton's going to win and leave TLC with both titles. And the only reason why I say that is because I think he needs it more than John Cena, um, especially when he's been coming out saying that he's the most recognizable name in the history of, of WWE. And it's as clear as day that he's not on any Fruity Pebble cereal boxes. He's not. He doesn't have a clothing line at Kmart like John Cena does. So, I mean, clearly he's drawing heat, but at the same time, I think if he were to win this match, this is what's going to catapult him as being the unified champion. But what would be really cool is if he did win this and then Jericho returns at some point and then the two of them have a match because Jericho was the very first undisputed champion. I think that would be pretty cool. But I'm getting too far ahead of myself. Let's get back to Raw. Raw? Now I'll reserve yeah, yeah, my I... predictions for Sunday. It's good that you brought that up because remember, you know, we go every Monday night, six thirty, eight o'clock, get you ready for Raw. But we'll be back on Sunday of uh, this week to get you ready for TLC. We'll give you a, a pregame. You know, maybe tonight though, looking at the uh, the paper you set up, and right now we got a uh, five matches, two handicap matches: Punk versus the Shield and Daniel Bryan versus the Wyatt family. Uh, AJ Lee is putting her title on the line against Natalia. Big E is going up against Damian Sandow. Um, you know, but maybe we get another match set up tonight at some point. Uh, you know, it's weird. And again, this is like the second time in a row they've had a themed Raw uh, as the go-home show right before a pay-per-view. Uh, I think across the board, uh, most fans were not... 100% pleased with Raw Goes Country. Uh, you would expect that it being the Slammy Awards that uh, it should be a better show, at least as far as the Slammys go. People will have a rooting interest as far as uh, what wins uh, specific Slammys. Um, but it is interesting uh, that they're taking this tact of doing a, a themed Raw as, as their go-home show before a pay-per-view. But uh, perhaps we get a, another match lined up for the pay-per-view, Dave. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see a tag title match of some sort get set up with Cody and Goldust. I wouldn't be surprised if they wrestled um, the Real Americans, Swagger and Cesaro. They seem to have been um, in the uh, in the hunt for the tag titles recently. Um, the, the handicap matches are interesting, you know, for the pay-per-view. So I'm hearing that CM Punk will have another match with Dean Ambrose on tonight's edition of, uh, of Raw, as well as uh, Daniel Bryan will be wrestling Fandango. Um, so we know that we're going to see those two on the show. Uh, what kind of Shield involvement we're going to see? We're going to see some dissension amongst the Shield. Like I said the last week, I think we're going to see little sprinkles of the Shield dissension over the course of the next few months, where it will culminate at WrestleMania and we'll see a breakup between them. But like I said, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. I, it, they should they should just name me the the, the get too far ahead of co-host of, re, of wrestling radio here <laughs> on the Ken Reed Show because I've been getting ahead of myself a lot on tonight's episode, but. Slammies are always fun. We might see, you know, we might see another match get added just by like a presenter and the winner 
going at it, jawing between the two of each other when the presenter gives the winner the award or whatever. I don't know. But we also might see some surprises, too. I mean, we always see some a few surprises here and there on the Slammy Awards. Um, like I said, Michaels a few years ago challenged Undertaker for a WrestleMania rematch. Um, Ric Flair appeared last year on the Slammys um, as, as a surprise, unadvertised. So maybe we'll see returns of some guys that have been out. Maybe we'll see something set up um, for the pay-per-view. But overall, oh, what was I thinking? Swagger and Cesaro are not going to get a tag title shot because Axel and Ryback won on SmackDown and beat Cody and Goldust, so you automatically have to give them a tag title shot because that's WWE formula when it comes to championship matches. So we'll probably see that match get set up somehow. If they have a category for for most boring tag team of the year and it goes to <laughs> Axel and Ryback, then, then yeah, they'll set it up with Cody and Goldust and we'll have ourselves a match for the pay-per-view. Yeah, man. I mean, we we talk about 2013 and the, and the ebbs and flows of 2013, and you know we'll get into this uh, a little more when we uh, do our end of the year award. But uh, definitely an interesting run uh, over the last 365 uh, days, give or take, as far as uh, where Ryback winds up. And now, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, I, I don't know where they're going with him. It looked like he was on a fast track to to stardom, and they kind of separate him from from Heyman, but he remains a heel uh the the Heyman guys are Heyman's gone now so Axel and and uh Ryback are now a tag team I, you know I don't it, it's kind of weird that they separated from Heyman you think the logical progression would be uh to turn face uh but they are not they're a heel tag team um you know it's just you, you kind of look at a guy like like Ryback uh you know, where, where are they going with his character? I, and, and where are they going with Curtis Axel? Both guys that, uh, you know, he had high hopes for. I mean, could they succeed as a tag team? Um, I don't think they're looking to take the belts off of the Rhodes brothers anytime soon. And, and I really don't think uh, these two are the guys to take the belt. So uh, definitely an interesting year for, for those two individuals. And, uh, you know, I don't know if, it, if the tag team really works in my book. Yeah. I mean, it, Ryback's so interesting because one week you hear he's been he's going to be buried and he's being punished because he's awful. They separate him from Heyman. The next week they still keep putting him on TV. They got him tagged up with Axel. Um, I mean, it, it, Axel never Axel. Yeah, he denounced Heyman, but is it a ploy to set up something with Ryback and Lesnar and Axel will be back in Heyman's stable? Who knows? But. Um, it's, we should find out more as the year goes on because, of course, we've been talking about doing Ryback and Goldberg for uh, WrestleMania 30, so maybe we'll see some sort of – they always mention Goldberg's name on TV. Hell, here's another issue. Too. Here's another thing, too. They like to mention name drop people at the Slammies, and that, like Undertaker, for instance, and, and get a reaction out of the people to foreshadow something for WrestleMania. Um, Rock was just on Twitter recently talking about, um, you know, doing stuff three times, you know, like getting stuff done and doing, like, things three times and making an impact and making an account. A lot of people are saying, is that going to set up a third match with him and Cena at WrestleMania? And are they going to name drop The Rock and hope he says, okay, I'll come back for a match at WrestleMania? I mean, there's always there's always that thought. Or we've talked about Hogan for weeks. What if we get a surprise appearance by Hogan tonight? That would be pretty awesome. Do we see a Hogan appearance at the Slammy Awards? So many things to look forward to. Should be a very exciting Raw, the Slammies, as well as the go-home show for TLC. 
Thank you all for tuning in tonight. We'll be back on Sunday night from 6 to 8 o'clock for TLC pregame. For Dave, I'm Ken. Thank you all for tuning in. Take care, everybody. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.